amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Blog Talk Radio. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention is working to help keep you and your community safe from the threat of novel or new coronavirus. Take the following everyday steps to help avoid the spread of all respiratory viruses. Wash your hands often with soap and water for at least 20 seconds. Cover your cough or sneeze with a tissue. Throw the tissue away and then wash your hands. Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. Clean and disinfect frequently touched objects or surfaces, such as remote controls and doorknobs. Avoid close contact with people who are sick. And stay home if you are sick. Call your health care provider if you develop fever, cough, or difficulty breathing. For more tips, visit cdc.gov. Good morning, good morning, and welcome to Saturday Mornings with Joy Keys. I'm your host, Joy Keys, and I want to thank you so much for tuning in. You can follow me on Twitter, at Joy Keys. Also, check me out on Facebook, Saturday Mornings with Joy Keys, and on Instagram, Saturdays with Joy Keys. I just want to encourage you to follow us also on Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, iTunes, as well as here at Blog Talk Radio. Please leave comments, suggestions, and you can email me. You can email me at saturdayswithjoykeys at hotmail.com. I'd love to hear from you. Also, another reason to follow is I do a lot of giveaways. For example, today I'll be giving away something. So you want to follow to see what it is and see how you can win. Um, And also you can tag a friend and maybe they can win. Sometimes I have more than one of something to give away. So I encourage you to follow on social media. Well, you guys think I read a lot and, and, and talk to a lot of authors. Well, this morning, I have a woman who's not only an author, she's also a publisher. And she has worked and co-written books with Steve Harvey and Taraji P. Henson. She has been in Essence, NPR, Red Book, and Glamour. Um, she also founded My Brown Baby, a critically acclaimed and award-winning blog that has worked with top brands, including Disney and Target. She is a powerhouse. I just asked her, when does she sleep? Okay, this is the thing. Sleep is really important. Um, And she's also, on top of all this, she's a mother. So I want to welcome Deneen Milner to the show. Good morning, Deneen. Good morning. Thank you so much for having me. Wow. Like I said, you are doing a lot of things. But let's just talk. We were first talking earlier about this COVID situation. Tell me... Uh, tell the audience your protocol and what you've been doing. Sure. So, you know, I live in Atlanta where everybody here kind of acts as if we're not in the middle of a panorama. That's what I've taken to calling it because I'm tired of the word pandemic. <laughs> okay. <Right. laughs> I'll call it everything but a pandemic. <laughs> um, and, you know, they they are walking around here unmasked, hanging out at restaurants, having cocktails. I live across the street from a really um, sort of bustling, active uh, eating scene. Uh, there are lots of restaurants over there, very popular restaurants. 
and they stay filled with people who are eating both outside and inside, unmasked, around a bunch of other people, drinking beer, wine, margaritas, eating and being <laughs> merry and acting as if, you know, like we are not in the middle of, a, you know, like a, a panorama. And so I just, I have been locked in my house. When they first started talking about it in February of last year, I know everybody's like um, commemorating March March 11th as like the first yes. day that everybody kind of shut down. But I shut down like in the third week in February when they first started mm. saying there's somebody who came over from Wuhan, China, and there are people who are here and there's been, you know, like um, some some issues or concerns in New York City. Girl, I shut down as soon as I heard that. Like doors closed, oh windows shut. I'm not going out. Let me run out to, to Publix one more again and fill up this cart and buy my toilet tissue and my paper towels and, you know, just come on in here and be still and quiet. And I have been there, you know, that this entire time. I've been here this entire time just waiting for, you know, everything to um, stop being crazy. And it feels like the folks here in Georgia, I'm in Atlanta proper, are okay. just, you know, reckless. And so I'm so happy because yesterday I got the opportunity to get my first vaccination. And so I got my first shot. I had to um, double time, quick time over to the pharmacy. Um, they have, you know, like if you're savvy, you can um, call around to the 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 sort of the With health the centers or pharmacies oh, the health that are giving the vac that giving the vaccine and and get on a list and if you can get on a list for when people um, decide they don't want to they sign up to get it they make an appointment and then they don't show up or, and you know like sometimes those vaccines you know they have to be used if they're taken out they have to be used um, or else yeah. they have to throw them away and so, you know, like rather than throw them away, they'll go through this waiting list of people who, you know, were smart enough to put their names on the waiting list. And I put my name on the waiting list and you have to, it's go time when they call you. Um, you know, I got a text message at one o'clock saying, be here at two and we'll give you your first shot. And I got immediately in my car and Joe was like 40 minutes away and drove over and got my first shot. So you're like, you can't tell me nothing now. I'm like, okay, you know, my <laughs> second one is April 13th, and then I can, like, right. you know, be ready to get back to my concerts and get ready to, you know, go in the park and not feel, you know, like I'm going to catch something and, and, you know, walk through a store and feel comfortable. I'm sure that I, it'll take me a minute to feel okay with being around other people. You know, it's been a year, you know, when you – do something for a year and you are ever vigilant for an entire year, it, it'll be hard yeah. for me to kind of let my guard down, but I'm just, there's going to be some, um, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Go ahead. I, I'm grateful that I got this first shot and super grateful that there's a vaccine that, you know, can, can give us protection from this, deadly disease you know there there are people in my life who've passed away and from this disease people who've gotten it and gotten very sick 
And so I'm I'm just grateful that, you know, I'm one of the ones who got a shot in my arm. You know, it's a situation where they talk about disparities and how it's impacting the African-American community and uh, communities of color more than other communities. And now we have the vaccine, and it also comes up again where people who are people of color or low, uh, people in states of poverty or things are not able to get the vaccine because of the way the distribution has been set up. Like you said, you're savvy. You can sign up for all these different lists. You have a car. You mm-hmm. can drive 40 minutes away. But if you can, mm-hmm. you're not familiar with the computer, if you're not if savvy with right. the computer, if you maybe don't right. even, aren't literate, I mean, we got to talk about literacy right. here. Okay, we're talking right. about books today right. and, and publishing. Right. You know, people are not right. literate, even in this day and age where we have, you know, iPhones making movies. So, right. Um, right. You know, it is a serious matter. There are there are people out here who are trying to, you know, just do their part to make it so that it's accessible to people. It's still sort of a patchwork kind of situation where you still need to kind of know somebody who's in the know. Like my cousin out in Virginia works for a university, and there was a huge uproar about who was getting vaccinated and who was not and where the vaccination was available and where it wasn't. And it turned out that Mm -hmm. where it was available and those who were distributing it were um, primarily servicing white people. And so the black folks in the community didn't have access. Those who wanted it didn't have access. And so they went to some some black community leaders, my cousin being one of them, and, you know, directly worked with them to figure out how to get shots into the arms of black folks who wanted it. And so, you know, he, of course, called and talked about my dad. My dad is, is he just turned 86. He needs a shot. And so he's like, okay, I can arrange for your dad to get a shot because, you know, we are cognizant of how hard it is for black people to track down a shot. And so we're going to do a bunch of clinics and I want to make sure that he's in that clinic. So, you know, like that's my cousin. I was able to get that information from him. That doesn't mean that, you know, like only my dad got a shot and nobody else who, you know, like knew my no, cousin no, got one. Not. Yeah. But, you know, yeah. like, but, you know, like you, you understand what I'm saying. It's, it, 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 there's somebody out there who is doing, I just got a text message right before we got on to our conversation from a dear friend of mine whose mother is very sort of community and she just sent a text message saying there's a church at the corner of such and such and such and such they're doing no no questions asked vaccinations today maybe tomorrow if they have some left over if you go over there right now you know and get on the line you can get vaccinated so this is a church that you know like quite presumably is plugged into this it's in, a, it's in a black community it's a large church so those who belong to that church and who love people who you know who belong to that church would be able to know that that's happening and get over there and hopefully get a shot and so but it's really scattershot it's not something that is easy to find you kind of need to know somebody to go and get it and um mm-hmm. you know and that's the that's the crazy part of it all. My experience was the place that I I actually went to get it. I was the only black person in a 10-mile radius of of that place. And I drove mm. there 
and and the, the people there were fairly it was in a, a fairly wealthy community and the people that were walking in and out of there you know were the peop the same people that I saw maybe uh, the same type of people that I saw you know a few months ago walking around without masks with impunity like you know I'm not wearing a mask I'm not going to be bothered by all of this you know, I have the right to, you know, wear a mask or not, those kind of people. Mm. But then they're, you know, like the ones going into the pharmacy and getting first ones in line. Um, and the woman who works at the pharmacy told me that, you know, they all knew how to work the system. And so they were all there, yes. you know, kind of making sure that they, they got took advantage of this vaccine that, you know, Three months ago, they were acting as if it wasn't important for them to do what needed to be due to protect themselves and others. And so, it is. It's a. It's a. A, a revelatory, eye-opening um, sort of experience to see how this affects the wealthy versus the poor, the you know black versus the white, the um, you know classism and how that runs rampant all through this. Um, down to who, you know, who gives the shots, how much you pay for it, if it's free. All of it is, is, is just, it's insane. It really is. It is insane. But you know what? You are savvy in terms of this book industry. I mean, the number of books that you have written, um, the books that you, who you wrote, have written books with, um, now this, you know, deal with Simon & Schuster, that publishes books featuring African-American children and family, I think you're pretty savvy. Let's start at the beginning. <laughs> what was your favorite childhood book? Do you remember? Oh, goodness. I remember when I was a kid, I loved, there were two that I read over and over, three that I read over and over again. Two of them were, were by Frances Hodgson Burnett. One was The Secret Garden. The other one was The, the, the Little Princess. And then oh, there was, mm -hmm. uh, and, and then there was Judy Bloom's. Um, oh, Judy Bloom. Are you there, God? It's me, Margaret. <laughs> <laughs> I love those three so much. My mom bought them for me. We too. She didn't buy a whole lot of books, but if I really loved something that I read at the library, and I wanted to read it again, she would, you know, like pull the money together and buy them for me. But I mostly read books that I got from the library, and. Um, and those three were my favorites. But I didn't see a lot of books that featured, I didn't see any books, actually, that featured, you know, black characters or girls that looked and lived like me. Um, and Yeah, I you know, remember I, Snowy I, Day. I, yeah, I, you know, that wasn't, my parents didn't really read books to me when I was little. My actual okay. books came from me going to school and then, you know, there being a school library or, you know, assigned text or me walking to the local library and coming back literally with so many books that it was hard to carry them. You know, like I think the, 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 the library was about a mile and a half away from the house and I would walk there and back with like stacks of books. Um, oh, my God. But there weren't a whole, there weren't any, no one was leading me toward black books right they i i i don't know if the librarians just didn't care about it or you know they they weren't aware or there weren't any there i just remember growing up and not reading any black books whatsoever and the first one that i read 
was as a college freshman um, when a black English professor uh, assigned us uh, the Song of Solomon, Toni Morrison. Ooh. That was the first, first wow. black book I read. And, okay. you know, like it's, it's, I feel ashamed to say that, but I'm not going to, I'm not, it's not my shame that no, I carry, right? Not, it's, yeah. it's the no, shame. No, not at all. Right. Mm-mm. It's the, the, you know, the, the librarians that I dealt with, the teachers that I dealt with through high school and, and elementary school and middle school, they should be ashamed that, you know, when there was a, a, a little black girl standing there, a voracious reader who tore through three and four books a week, you know, that was the, the little girl that they should have been saying, here, you know, here's here's a bunch of books by, um, you know, here's a book by Romare Bearden that you, you know, it's a children's book that might be interesting to you. Or here's a book that, you know, by James Baldwin that's, you know, deliberately written for teenagers. Or here's a book yes. by whomever, you know, that Poetry, just did Nikki not Giovanni. happen. Right, yeah, exactly. That, that, that did not happen. happen. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, so, I was lucky, um, you know, my parents did, did, they were voracious readers and they read to me. I was very fortunate. I didn't realize how books weren't part of many people's lives until I got older. You know, like for me, going to the bookstore was like, you know, candy, you know, going right, to the library. Right. I can remember the smell of the library and the library books, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, what, was the first sto- yeah. a bo- what was the first story you wrote? Do you remember the first story that you wrote? I wrote my first story in the third grade, <laughs> honest to goodness. In the third grade, it was a book about a little girl who had a dog named Max. At the time, I had a dog named Max. And Max got sick from eating too much food, and the little <laughs> girl had to nurse Max to health. And, and I specifically remember I, illustri- I wrote it and illustrated it, and Max was in the bed with a thermometer hanging out of his mouth, and the little girl was giving him ginger ale and crackers and trying to help him <laughs> feel better, and he got better. But I, don't know oh. where, I don't know what happened to that book. My goodness, what a treat it would be if we would have all had the wherewithal to, like, keep that book. I remember making the binding, um, uh, my dad giving me cardboard, and my dad used to work at a plastics company he would make his company made wallpaper and like chair coverings and he Mm -hmm. would um bring some scraps home and I had two two scraps that he helped me fashion so that the book could be bound and that was my first book I didn't know that I wanted to be a, a a book you know I didn't know that I wanted to be an author I actually wanted to be an architect but you know my very first book I wrote in the third grade yeah. Do you still think about architecture? But, um, do, do you think about, do you have a favorite architect now? I, you know what, I realize now as a grown-up with, um, you know, with experience and, and understanding, I didn't necessarily want to be an architect. I wanted to be an interior designer. And oh. I didn't have the, the language to to understand the difference. I just would take like, you know, uh cardboard boxes and pieces of scraps of material, my dad's, you know, the scraps that he brought home from work, and I would create mm-hmm. houses in these boxes and then decorate them, make the make the beds, okay. like, you know, show where this with this door would be and where this window would be mm-hmm. and, and should it have a sunroof, that kind of thing. 
And so I don't necessarily, uh, but I love interior design. So, you know, it just, I will spend an enormous amount of time just watching videos and looking at um, the insides of people's homes. And to this day, when I'm driving <laughs> down the street, don't let it be nighttime and you have your window open. I am all in your house, like, trying to see oh my what gosh. you've done with the space. <laughs> I just, I love it so, so. You know, I, 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 a friend of mine is a professional interior designer, and she's asked me over and over again if I would be interested in, in joining her. And, you know, the, my hands are so full that I couldn't see myself, you know, doing that. But maybe one of these days it might be something that I add to the repertoire because I really love it. I, I could see that happening. Tell the audience, what does an editor do? Because, you know, many people, you hear that word and you might have an idea, but tell us, what do you do as an editor? Sure. So my job as an editor with with my imprint, Deneen Milner Books, it's an imprint at Simon & Schuster's Books for Young Readers. Uh, And basically what I do is I have people – mostly agents, but you don't have to have an agent in order to pitch me, Um, send me books, book ideas, or fully written manuscripts, uh, and I evaluate whether I want to uh, publish them or not. My mission with Deneen Milner Books is to publish books that speak to the everyday humanity of black children and families. And so, you know, when, when I get books, I am focused solely on um, publishing stories that uh, speak to the everyday experience of black children and families. So I don't want books about slavery. I don't want any books about the civil rights movement. Don't send me your books about um, celebrities or black firsts. There are plenty of publishing companies who do that um, with abandon. Um, I, I choose to focus on the kinds of stories that I would want to read to my child when they're going to sleep at night. And, I don't, and when my girls were little, I didn't want to read stories to them about the civil rights movement when they were going to sleep at night or slavery when they were going to sleep at night. I wanted them to see stories that talked about chocolate and the tooth fairy and, um, you know, and flying over the George Washington Bridge, like in the book Tar Beach and, and imagining mm-hmm. that it's a, 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 a diamond necklace that you own once you fly over it. Like those are the kinds of stories that I wanted them to, um, you know, float off to dreamland with in their mind. And so that's what I do at Deneen Milner Books. So I will get now, someone's you... manuscript. I'm sorry, mm-hmm. go ahead. No, no, you're, you were you're, gonna ask keep me. going. That's where I was. I think I was going the same place you were going. <laughs> Go oh, okay. And and so I'll get those stories if they meet the criteria and I really like the way that they're written and I can see them as a book, something that I want to champion and publish, then I will purchase it um, with Simon & Schuster's money uh, and I will put it through the production process of edit- of you know making sure that the copy is up to publishing standards, that the story is well told, um, hiring illustrators to illustrate the story or create a book cover if it's um, uh, an o- a book for an older audience and then usher it through the process of creating the sales materials, the marketing materials, publicity materials, helping the different um, parts of Simon & Schuster who deal with those things and working hand-in-hand with them to usher the book through the the production process. 
um, you know, creating sales um, materials, creating publicity materials, and then, uh, you know, uh, helping and then walking out and being a champion of those books, talking to booksellers, talking to bookstores, talking to librarians Mm -hmm. and teachers, um, and then, you know, like everyday audiences and sort of getting buy-in from them on, on the books. And so it's a lot, a lot, a lot of work, um, but it's really re- rewarding when those books come out and you see it in the hands of a child who says, oh, my goodness, this looks like me and my mother, or, oh, my goodness, my daughter really loved this book because it reminds her of herself, So, or we really love the story. It reminds us of our own story. And so that's what, that's what an editor does. An editor champions, finds the work, puts it through the production process, and champions it when it comes out. Now, what are you working on next um, for Deneen Miller Books? What's coming out? Uh, what can we see in this year, next oh. year, what's coming out? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So later on this summer, like the end of summer, the very beginning of fall, we're celebrating Little Black Boys. Um, the I have two books coming out on the imprint, one called When Langston Dances by Kaija Langley and illustrated by um, Keith Millett. And it mm-hmm. is a book about a little black boy whose mom takes him to see Alvin Ailey and he falls in love with dance. Like he sees these oh, boys, men dancing, and he's just like, I want to do that. And so everything he mm-hmm. does from that moment forward is geared toward being able to move his body with grace and style like the the male dancers and Alvin Ailey. And so, you know, he comes up against a little bit of pushback with people telling him, hmm, you know, like, that's not, boys don't dance. Like, boy, that's, that's mm-hmm. what girls do. And his and with the support of his mother and his own wherewithal to understand that, you know, like, boys do dance. I, I saw it with my own two I eyes. I saw them. You know, at <laughs> yeah, exactly. right? they do. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not going to be deterred by, you know, like, what you think boys do because I saw this and I want to do it. And so it's like his journey to becoming a ballet dancer. And so that one is when That's Langston beautiful. dances. Yeah, it's really lovely. That it's is going to be lovely, amazing. Lovely I, I grew up with, I grew up um, uh, when I went to a performing arts school and we had boys that did ballet. Um, of course. So, you know, boys, boys do ballet, modern dance, not just African dance. If you're a black boy, you can do many right. forms of dance. So I think that that is a really a wonderful thing that you're doing and, and supporting that knowledge because that's what kids Absolutely. need to see. They need to see the possibility. They may not choose Absolutely. that way, but they just need to see, like he did in the story, he saw the boys dancing, so he knew now, oh, you know what, I could dance, and that's right. an option Absolutely. for me. You know? Absolutely. Yes. Yes. There is nothing more beautiful than seeing dancers from the Dance Theater of Harlem and Alvin Ailey, the male dancers, dancing. Like if you've ever seen, you know, Alvin Ailey's revelations and, you know, Mm, understood mm, mm, the power and beauty of storytelling through body movement, you know, there's no way that you would fix your mouth to say that boys are not supposed (laughs) to dance. Like those bodies are made for exactly what they do. Um, And, 
you know, these days you don't miss that. I used to take my daughters to see Alvin Ailey every year. Every, it was here in Atlanta, they come in February. And so it would be my Valentine's Day gift to them every year. And so we would go, I would buy the tickets for Christmas. They went on sale around Christmas time. And I would, and that would be a Christmas present to them under the tree every year. And every February we would dress up and go to the ballet. And, um, and you know, Denine, they got to I'm, see that I'm in sorry, person. Denine, I'm sorry. I don't mean to cut oh. you off, but we are coming down to time. And oh, I just want to okay. say thank you. Yeah, I know. It goes by so fast. Right, exactly. <laughs> it so fast. We'll just get started. Um, <laughs> I, I really appreciate what you're doing. Please continue. There are many um, authors out there that are going to be sending you things since you now said you don't need an agent. <laughs> yes, <laughs> reach out absolutely. Um, so uh, absolutely. I, wanna, I hope that you have a great weekend and um, get some sleep, Okay. I'm going to take a nap later today for sure. Thank you okay. so much for having me on You're your welcome. show. I so appreciate it. Thank you so much. Okay, you have a good one. Okay, bye-bye. All right. Take care. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. I'm going to be giving away some copies of the books that Denise Nolner has co-written. So you want to follow me at Joy Keys on Twitter. You also want to check me out on Facebook, Saturday Mornings with Joy Keys. And on Instagram, Saturdays with Joy Keys. Adopt US Kids presents What to Expect When You're Expecting A Teenager Learning the Lingo. GOAT, G O A T, acronym, stands for Greatest of All Time, as in spaghetti sandwiches for dinner? They're my fave. Dad, you're the GOAT. You don't have to speak teen to be a perfect parent. Thousands of teens in foster care will love you just the same. Visit adoptuskids.org. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, Adopt U.S. Kids, and the Ad Council. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job, it's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.